everyone, Cori Babechko here. We are reading through the Bible this year. If you don't have our reading plan and you want it, then make sure to check out BibleDiscoveryTV.com. But this week, we were supposed to read Exodus chapter 22 to Leviticus 8. So here's everything that happened in 10 minutes or less. Maybe, we'll see how it goes. Uh, in Exodus chapter 22, we get to read about Israel's rules surrounding personal property issues uh, like theft and arson. This chapter gives us essentially a list of socially inappropriate behaviors and what to do when or if they happen. Now, these behaviors include, but are not limited to, extramarital intimate relationships, sorcery, bestiality, the oppression of foreigners, widows, or the fatherless, whom God claims that he himself will come to the defense of. Exodus 23 continues with these guidelines, warning against lying or giving false witness or showing favoritism in court or following the crowd when they're being evil. There are rules about helping your enemy when you're able to do so, and just generally being honest and generous. Now, Israel's rule about giving the land a Sabbath rest every seventh year is also described, uh, as well as notes on celebrating three annual festivals to God. So the Feast of Unleavened Bread, to remember their flight from Egypt, and the Feast of First Fruits and the Feast of the Ingathering, both to celebrate God's provision of harvests in the Promised Land. Now, the end of the chapter contains a promise by God that he will little by little drive out the people of Canaan as judgment for their evil and how Israel must not make covenants with them or their gods or else become like them worthy of judgment. Now, Exodus chapter 24 sees the covenant between God and Israel being confirmed. Moses reads the covenant to the people and they agree to it. Moses the 70 elders of Israel, plus the priests Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu go up Mount Sinai and they see God and eat a meal together. Then Moses and Joshua go even further up the mountain to be given tablets with the covenant written on them. Moses and Joshua stay up there on the mountain 40 days and nights. Exodus 25 records instructions for the building of the Ark of the Covenant, the table of the showbread, and the lampstand, so furniture for the tabernacle. Exodus 26 records instructions for the tent tabernacle itself, and then Exodus 27 has instructions for the altar of the burnt offerings, the courtyard of the tabernacle, and how Israel needed to use the best quality olive oil for the lighting of the lampstand that would be lit all night long, every night. Exodus 28 then talks about the priests who would be working in the tabernacle. It specifically describes what their clothes would be like. The high priest would have specially made tunic, robe, ephod, breastpiece, and turban. The other priests would have special tunics, sashes, and caps. All priests would have specially made linen undergarments and would be anointed with oil and ordained for their roles. Now, Exodus 29 explains how the priests would be consecrated or dedicated for service, which involved an animal and a grain offering, the washing and dressing of the priests, and then the anointing of the high priest by pouring oil on him. Instructions are also given to hand down the high priest's clothing as time goes on, and there are further instructions for daily sacrifice. 
Exodus 30 describes the horned altar of incense that was kept just outside the Holy of Holies and how incense was to be burnt in the evening and in the morning. It describes the atonement money that all Israelite men paid to the tabernacle so that it could keep running. It also describes the bronze basin that held water for the priests to wash in and the recipes for the fragrant anointing oil and the tabernacle incense. Okay, Exodus 31 records the head craftsmen of the tabernacle, Bezalel and Aholiab. God talks to Moses about the importance of Israel observing the Sabbath as a covenant between them. And he gives Moses the two tablets of the covenant. But in Exodus 32, we're told of a great apostasy. The Israelites figured that God had killed Moses because he was taking so long up on Mount Sinai. So they turned to idolatry. They wanted to worship so that they could receive spiritual, physical protection. So Aaron makes them an idol and an altar, and they announce that this is the image of God who brought them out of Egypt. Meanwhile, God tells Moses what's going on and brings them into the conversation of what to do, of how to judge these actions. Moses asks God for pardon. He breaks the tablets God gave him. Israel had already spiritually broken them, so Moses makes the physical copies follow suit. Moses then puts to death the leaders of this idolatry, but even still, a plague breaks out on Israel to display God's judgment. In Exodus 33, God halts the building of the tabernacle because his presence could not be in the Israelite camp. They were just too sinful and rebellious. So all Israel mourns. And then Moses sets up a tent of meeting between him, Joshua, and the presence of God far outside the Israelite camp. We're told that any Israelite needing to inquire of God would go out to the tent of meeting. Next, we're told how Moses was able to mediate the relationship between God and Israel so that God's presence in the form of the tabernacle could still be built among them and travel with them. And we're told how God showed his glory to Moses. In Exodus 34, Moses carves two new stone tablets. The covenant between God and Israel had been restored and the covenant obligations are restated and what Israel is to do in Canaan, which is mainly to rid it of idolatry and evil. And when Moses comes down Mount Sinai this time, his face was radiant, glowing, and it scared the Israelites so much that he would veil his face, which apparently became a regular thing after he would meet with the presence of God. Exodus 35 restates the sign of the covenant, which was the observation of the Sabbath. It also describes the gathering of the materials necessary to build the tabernacle. Chapter 36 records the building of the tabernacle. Chapter 37 records the physical building of the ark, the showbread table, the lampstand, and the altar of incense. Exodus 38 records the physical building of the altar of burnt offering, the bronze basin for washing, the courtyard of the tabernacle, and it records how much material, silver, and bronze was used in the tabernacle's construction. Chapter 39 then records the physical creation of the priestly garments, and then how when they had finished the construction, they brought everything to Moses who cleared it for use. Exodus chapter 40 records the setting up of the tabernacle, and then how God's presence filled the tabernacle with a manifestation of cloud. This manifestation led the Israelites through the wilderness. When it lifted from the tabernacle, they would lift camp. And we're told that the manifestation was a cloud by day and a fire by night. Now this brings us to Leviticus chapter 1. 
This chapter gives us God's instruction to the Levitical priests regarding the burnt offerings, which were animal sacrifices of either sheep, goat, cow, dove, or pigeon. Now, after ritual slaughter, these offerings were completely burned up on the altar. Leviticus 2 speaks of the grain offerings of Israel, which were always composed of fine flour, olive oil, and salt, but they could be presented as raw elements or they could be baked into loaves. A portion of the grain offering would be offered to God by fire with some incense, and the rest of the offering would be food for the Levites. Leviticus 3 talks about the fellowship or peace offering. This was an animal sacrifice that was eaten by the people. The animal's blood, fat, and organs were offered to God, and the meat was food for the offerers. Leviticus 4 talks about sin offerings, how to deal with the sin of the priests, the community, and individual members of the community. Chapter 5 gives some examples of when a sin offering would be required and also lays out provision for people of lesser means. So rather than a large animal, they could offer two birds. Leviticus 6 continues to talk about sin that required sacrifice and gives protocol for cleaning the altar of the ashes of the sacrifice, uh, where the grain offering needed to be eaten, and also regulations for the eating of the sin sacrifice, which was eaten by the priests. Leviticus 7 gives further regulation on the guilt offering and fellowship offerings. It reinforces that blood and fat of any animal may not be eaten by any Israelite. Finally, Leviticus 8 gives a record of how Moses and the Israelites consecrated Aaron and his sons for service as priests in the tabernacle and the sacrifices that they offered. Aaron and his sons had to stay in the tabernacle complex for seven days to kick off their service. There we go. That's it for this week. Now, if you've made it this far, here's your friendly reminder to start reading next week's assignment, which is Leviticus 9 to Numbers 3. And please don't forget to check out this week's weekend show where Matlock and I discuss questions about Exodus and Leviticus. See you next time. Thank you so much for watching. We want to keep producing high quality biblical content, but we can't do it without your support. If you feel called to support us, please click the link in the description under donate. Your support really means a lot to us.